Good morning, good afternoon. Title of today's uh, Dharma talk is uh, Inside Bully. We all know what a bully is, and usually we think of a bully as someone out there pushing us around or getting some entertainment, uh, pushing us around, however you want to look at it. But there's actually an inside bully that's a little bit more difficult to see because we are functioning that way. We're functioning out of someone who wants something and is willing to um, create quite a fuss, quite a disturbance in order to get their way or to stop things from happening or to start. So it's just a way of talking about the ego, the self-centeredness. Very difficult to see that. Uh, very dis difficult to observe that quality. So I'm just using that as a just a, a reference so that we can talk more about the seventh consciousness or the, the self-centered uh, aspect, the so-called uh, personhood or um, imagined identity that consciousness seems to have when the six uh, sense fields, uh, six sense uh, consciousnesses uh, return to a form going through um, through the concepts, through through uh, perception and feeling and back to form through the five skandhas. So it's just a way of talking about it. There's still a bunch of concepts about it. It seems to be necessary, seems to be very necessary to locate that bully and not go to war with it, not try to... Um, necessarily modify it or talk about it um, or talk to it, talk to yourself necessarily. Although all that being said, I don't really know. What I do know from my own experience understanding is we really need to look at that aspect of the mind. That aspect of the mind, something arises and it doesn't want it. And there's a strong reaction quite often. And sometimes that reaction isn't so much this it might be this. We might be actually uh, upset with ourselves. We might be disappointed in ourselves or disappointed in what we've done or feel like we never can, um, especially if we've been conditioned by our, our parents, society or whatever, to think that we're worthless or um, never going to be worth anything. Happens quite a bit. Sometimes it happens, quite often it happens, under the justification, well, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you grow up. I'm trying to teach you, uh, teach you manners or teach you forms or usually not, it's not said forms, but conditions under whereby you need to grow up, become a, an adult. And it's just, it's not just those areas, it's also the whole entire culture, the school, the, the friends that you have interacting. Uh, I'm sure you remember when you were young how important, uh, or maybe not so important. Some people shut that out and go the other direction. But what I was going to say is how important other people, especially other eighth graders or second graders, what their opinion of you is and how important that can be. Even if it's important uh, for you to say, I don't care what anybody thinks. That's another way of the, the ego can function. Uh, and that's uh, that's the area where pride starts to show up. We're actually, we wouldn't say that and make a statement. We might not even have that thought, but we actually think we're better than others. We think we're more intelligent, more kind, more, 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 more. 
And that comes from some kind of a pushing area in the consciousness, it seems. Um, it seems that the way that it's necessary to work with that or handle that or understand that deeply is to just observe it. And to observe that means that you will watch the way the mind moves different directions, moves out towards the world, uh, or moves back in towards the apparent consciousness that thinks they are someone, back and forth and back and forth, going out and getting this or collecting this or consuming this or, uh, or uh, concluding this, and then using that as some kind of reference towards oneself, I and other, I and other, uh, myself and that whole world we tend to agree with, buy into, and uh, conclude that everything is separate. And if we can just get control of things, we can just get control of our thoughts. Control yourself. You've been told that before. But just control your feelings. Not helpful. You could even say, say to somebody with a, a genuine um, interest in them, Go, you know, stop fighting with yourself. Get to know yourself. Get to look more deeply into your consciousness. But how do you do that? It's pretty hard to just have the attitude of doing that because then it becomes a psychology, a philosophy. Not wrong. Maybe we do need, uh, I'm okay, you're okay. Maybe we, we do need uh, some kind of transactional analysis or possibly a moral inventory or uh, a cognitive behavioral um, modalities or psychotherapy and all the other things. And also, or besides, or rather than all of that, you could just keep it very simple. Sit down on a chair, on a stool, on a cushion, on the floor, hold very still with the senses open and just, just watch what moves. It is about receiving this world. It's not about going out into it necessarily. You might have to do that a little bit. If you're hungry, you may have to go after something. If you need something else, there's always uh, areas where that totally applies. But if you're on this path, and if you're listening to this person, there's some kind of functioning in terms of a, uh, a path of awareness, then you could begin working with that bully. Because one of the ways this bully shows up is if anyone outside, so-called outside, your friends, your relatives, your mom, your dad, your, your sangha brother or sister, or other people, uh, they function in such a way that you don't care for that or it uh, rubs you the wrong way, so to speak, then that bully comes up. You may not say anything, you may not do anything, but there's a, a kind of aggression that comes up there Don't stop it. Don't agree with it. Don't ignore it. And that seems to be uh, a way of talking about it. That's the path. It's just be aware. Just whatever shows up, if it's apparently outside, if it's apparently inside, whether it's the bully in here or what's the, the you know, pain in the butt out there, whatever that may be, the otherness of things, just receive as much as you can. And we practice, as you've heard me say, 
You give the same talk over and over again with different words. And now I feel like I'm just saying the same words over and over. Train your mind. Find out what this is so there's no doubt. Find out who you are. There's no solid being here, even though there's a body-mind complex. You see what this is. Uh, you're, you're no longer agree or disagree or ignore anything. This doesn't mean that you don't bump into something or you don't have uh, lapses in memory, all the other things that come and go with the dependent origination. But you're not, you're not in an argument with anything anymore. <clears throat> the, the idea of progress in the relative world shows up as something you can actually keep tra track of. Other people can watch you and say, yeah, you're, you're getting better at uh, shooting hoops or you're getting better at riding a, a motorcycle or you're, you're improving in this or improving in that. So that quite often shows up to ourselves and to others. But the spiritual path, uh, though there may be some kind of progress, but it's not the conventional kind of gaining something. Rather, it may be more like losing something, like losing uh, your attachment to a separate self, uh, losing the identification with me, with the bully. Sometimes if someone is really enamored of themselves, they can actually function as a bully out in the world and bully other people. We see that quite often. Quite often people who, who want that will get into jobs or organizations where they can do that legally. I don't have to even explain that to you. I want a job where I can push people around. Quite often the people that get into that area are people who perhaps have been bullied and want to have want to some kind of subtle revenge there where they can just push people around a kind of prejudice happening there so i can continue to talk or you could ask me some questions you can take it from there shoka has a question shoka he says, earlier you said something like, there are situations where wanting something else applies. What are those kinds of situations? Well, simple. I want, I want something to eat or you're just functioning, but there's no solid identity that is grasping. You're just functioning with dependent origination. Hunger arises, eat. So it's very simple rather than that arises and then you have to have that in a certain on a silver platter uh, served to you by someone uh, who uh, licks your boots. I'm being, I'm being, uh, I'm exaggerating, but it's that, like that. We want it done in a certain way. So keep it very simple, a very ordinary. No self in the skandhas or the 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 disappearance of that bullying kind of nature that's in our minds. And I'm not talking about something that maybe that word wouldn't work, but if you're giving yourself a hard time about anything, that's a bully. You, you, you can't do that to yourself, even though the ego mind gets some kind of reward out of that. Some kind of feeling, well, at least I'm, at least I'm not letting myself get away with this or get away with that. 
And then we come up with kind of a subtle or maybe not so subtle credential. So I'm just saying, uh, to Shoka's question, I'm just saying it's very simple. It's just a very simple this and that and this and that. We're in a relative uh, context, so there's going to be some giving and taking. It's when there's an extra thing. Something happens, and then we add on a bunch of ideas about it. They shouldn't have taken that. That was really mine. I should have had that. Further questions? Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, lately, my self-centeredness is showing up as very apparent to me, especially when communicating with other people. Yeah. Um, how can I keep communicating or keep that communication open when it's painfully embarrassing? Well said. Good question. Uh, the embarrassing part is uh, that's the that's the the self-centeredness. That's the pride uh, that we we don't want to look bad. We want to we want to uh, show up good. We want other people to think well of us. We're getting we're getting our our identity, which is unreal in the first place. We're getting it reinforced from the opinions of others. It was very very devastating for me many years ago to uh, want uh, some kind of approval from uh, uh, Coben and not get it. My uh, Zen teacher didn't get it far from it. It was embarrassing. But it, but it helped me see the way, oh, it took time, but it helped me see the way I was clinging to some kind of idea of myself. Uh, that it was, and, and more I would reflect that was just more and more painful, very difficult, and I didn't know what to do with it. And he wouldn't talk to me, he avoided me pretty much. Not that I couldn't have demanded it, but that would have been more embarrassing. I'm in such need of help that I'm going to have to go and demand attention from somebody who uh, just kind of not interested in talking to me. That sucked at the time. So in your situation, I would just say, just keep keep going into it. Train your mind. Sit down, hold still. Sit as much as you can. We have a, we have a structure here where if you do what uh, is required in this monastery, you'll sit six and a half hours a day. I was not kidding when I set that up. And what I do, my practice is, to meet you where you're at. And I might have to meet you where you only sit an hour a day or two hours a day. So I'm not going to disagree with that. You know the form. Practice. That doesn't mean that you won't have to go to work or you won't have to do some laundry or you maybe not don't feel so good. So all those are very conditional. Pratitya Samapada, dependent origination. So we set up a form and then we then the awareness practice is not only Sitting, but it's being aware of how, how you can't quite do that. And then you're responsible. Nobody comes along. I don't come along and say, why weren't you at sitting? And I don't allow anybody else to do that either. I'm sure the Eno and the Shuso and those people who have been in those positions uh, have taken, taken a little bit of time to understand that you don't correct people. 
not if you're a student of mine. People are respected. People are not in a monastery because they're um, not serious about it. They're here because they're serious. And if it if it got to the point where they didn't practice at all, then I would just suggest they go live somewhere else. It'd be that simple. But their people are adults. So in your situation, the embarrassment may feel embarrassed. So the downside, of course, doesn't feel good. But the upside is you're beginning to see that. You're beginning to see that that self-centeredness that wants wants to be respected, that doesn't want to be embarrassed, that wants to be successful or ahead of the game or enlightened or whatever. It's a difficult path. Do it anyway. You receive vows. Go reflect on your vows. Go over the vows. Look at them. Be with all things. How do you do that? Meet everyone where they're at. Anytime anybody's coming your direction with their body or with their voice or with their information or their pronouncement or whatever, just receive it. Add nothing to it. And if you get triggered or get enraged or upset or by anything, just observe that. Don't try to get rid of that. And especially don't try to get rid of it by seconding the motion. When you want to blame somebody, then top, uh, topping it off with more blame or more explanations of why it's right to blame them. Difficult area. But you have an awareness practice. Not just uh, Junshu, but everybody. You have an awareness practice. Use it. Further questions? Yes. Is that self-centeredness always apparent, even if we can't see it ourselves? Other people can see your self-centeredness just fine. Have you noticed how it's real easy to see other people's neurosis? And yet, when we try to find our own, we're not sure exactly what's going on. But if you talk to anybody, you can see how they're just full of it. They're full of themselves in some way, or maybe not another way, or they, there's something uh, wrong with everything. Real easy to do that. So insofar as you can, whatever's happening, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. It's just that. And even even just that uh, probably has some uh, uh, some cups and saucers stacked on top of it. But if you just look at whatever it, whatever it appears to be, eventually, if there is any extra, it, because of impermanence, it can't hold up unless you keep fighting with it. If you don't fight, just, uh, I don't use the word... Um, uh, renunciation, uh, maybe once in a while. I don't use uh, the word surrender because it can be, a, you know, the ego can abscond with that and try to have some kind of story in, in our mind that, well, I'm really trying to surrender. I'm really trying to surrender. So, but it, it, it seems to be that kind of a situation where you just have to, whatever you're feeling, don't, don't abandon your feelings. Don't shove it down or don't bully yourself into being different. Bully, you know, be the feeling that is rising. Whatever the texture, the quality of that feeling is, because that's what's covering up your uh, Buddha nature. Everything that shows up is comes into existence and passes out of existence. But who you actually are, uh, and this is the teaching of uh, uh, Banke, I think 17th century, Monk, I think it was 17, 
in Japan, maybe it was 16, who, um, who his way of expressing his uh, realization was uh, unborn. It was unborn that, that and he would, his, all of his uh, teaching was just to encourage those who listened to him to understand that, discover that in themselves, that everything is unborn, that who you are is already the Buddha. So when that texture comes up of, ah, this is, a, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing to have this, to know that I'm looking at this and if I'm seeing this, there other people are probably seeing it. It's embarrassing. But the very texture of the embarrassment is, is, the, is the, the covering that prevents you or is preventing you from seeing your true nature. At least it's one aspect of it. So you could work on that. And how would you work on that? I don't know. Sitting is good, but also you could uh, um, I hate to say too much about it because I think it might be up to you. You could write about it a little bit maybe. I'm not specifically talking about just journaling or something, but you could, you could work with it a little bit that way. Um, I find myself setting up expectations and then I'm disappointed and I wonder how can I work with setting up expectations? Well, I'm not exactly sure what what the expectation is, but anytime you have an expectation, there's going to be some disappointment or there might be some fruition could happen, but sometimes even the fruition is disappointing. It might, might not be exactly what you wanted. So I, I don't know how, the way you're describing it, I, I don't know how you can work with it other than just to proceed, continue to study and practice. Is there some specific uh, idea there you want me to respond to? I mean, I can. So Glenn Bowing, I guess the example I was thinking of was that I set up a schedule that seems doable and then I'm disappointed in myself. It's I don't stick to it. Well, that's just bad. That's, I'm so disappointed in you. Here I was counting on you to be able to stick to a schedule. And as you know, wouldn't you know, as soon as you leave the monastery, the whole thing falls apart. So being silly, but be reasonable with yourself. Don't, don't bully yourself into it. Be reasonable. Come back. And set up a schedule that's that's reasonable in your in your environment. You're up in Minnesota now. Uh, I think that's where you went, or was it Wisconsin? Sorry, I get those two. There's a W state and an M state, and that's very problematic for someone who's dyslexic. But you could be you could be reasonable about it. You could come up with a schedule that's reasonable instead of I don't know what is your schedule is several hours a day or one hour a day. What is it? So Quinn Bowing, well, it, it's two hours a day, and then I try to do the block sit on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But it seems like no matter what I set up, I have some rebellion against sticking to a schedule mm -hmm. at all that's, on my own. That's the bully. can change it. That is the bully. Thank you. You, you described it. Resistance 
the, 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 we, we don't really want to let go of our imagined control of anything. That is the ego. That is the ego. When I say choiceless, I'm saying you won't, you won't, you won't understand. You're not going to experience choicelessness because there's no one to experience it. But you won't understand choicelessness as long as that bully is in there hammering down on right and hammering down on wrong, hammering down on expectation and hammering down on disappointment. Hammering, hammering, pushing, pulling, pushing. So it needs to be seen as unreal. If it's unreal, then it might still hammer, but the hammer makes no noise. The hammer, there's not, no one to pick up the hammer. It's an odd kind of situation. And uh, you, may not, you may not see what that is for a while. But I would say back up on your schedule. Do it something as something reasonable. When I say reasonable, sit for a half an hour a day. And then do part of the block set. I mean, it would be a way to do it. Another way to do it is don't do the block set on Thursday. Pick another day so that you so the bully gets to have its way. If you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like if you do it on your own, then there's a kind of pride that, you know, I don't need to form. I know about all this. That's why I'm able to talk about it. I've just been practicing for a while. I know about those kind of how I'm doing and a constant evaluation of who's doing what and how well you're doing and what forms work, what forms don't work. More about that, uh, So Gwen, or is that is that enough of a poke? That was pokey enough, thank you. Good. Could it consider yourself poked? Yes, sir. How does seeing the criticisms that show up around other people help us to see the inner bully? Yeah. Um, so if you someone does something and you and you you feel some aggression going towards them, even though you don't say anything, you just feel the aggression because of what they're doing, a reaction. That that's that. Just watch that. Don't stop it. But watch it and see that it, it, it something occurs, and then rather than receive it, we go out towards it. We might not say anything. But this is what Dogen was talking about in the 13th century when he said, "Go out towards things, delusion. When everything comes to you, when the dharmas come to you, this is awakening." It's an astonishing statement that this uh, uh, this Japanese monks made in the 13th century. And has been said other other ways by other teachings and other other teachers and other teachings. My way of saying it is just receive. Start with the wall. Sit down. Hold still. Whatever's happening, just receive it. Just receive it. <clears throat> and the minute you start to produce, the second, the year, the month, the day, the century, that you start to produce something out of. Uh, a reaction, and that reaction could be accepting it, rejecting it, or ignoring it. As soon as you do that, you're, you're into the cycle of samsara, and then you are an apparent, uh, apparent uh, being. You 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 become uh, like what's called a, an individual or a person. Just a way of talking about it. You're really, that's really empty of any center, and yet it's full of its own uh, grasping. So if you can turn it around a little bit, sit down, 
will still receive what's happening. It's difficult to do that because you'll notice that no matter who you're talking to, you always have opinions and ideas about what everybody's saying and doing. And the interesting thing about it is the practice is to just receive. But once you really understand that there isn't anyone, that the, that the duality is no longer uh, uh, substantial, then the coming and going can do whatever it wants because, because the fixation is gone. As, as long as you think something's up or something's wrong or something's off or something, 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 uh, then, then it looks like there's something needs to be done or I need to improve or I need to get better or I need to practice more, I need to practice less and so on. So it's like sometimes it's a, I'm not, uh, can't do it in, a, in an eloquent way, but sometimes it's said that you you go out, I think the 10 ox herding pictures talk about that to some extent, that you go out eventually, you further and further, you go into the, uh, into the source and you eventually realize emptiness and then it's just, there isn't, there isn't anything. Everything's empty of any idea about it. So you would go through that. But then because you've done that, you could say in the relative situation, speaking of it relatively, that didn't work. You, you couldn't get rid of everything. So everything comes back, uh, except it comes back as not separate. There, there's no other. It's like you came back. Only there wasn't any you. So you didn't go anywhere. So I sometimes say nothing happens. Or nothing happens. Nothing. Uh, awakening is not an experience. It might have uh, experiential qualities or considerations, but they're hardly noticeable. You're, you're actually doing it without a credential. You're, you're actually present without a credential. In other words, you, you aren't going to know that you're uh, that you're awake or you're asleep. You're that whole that whole polarity of uh, delusion uh, and uh, clarity are is gone. Because it's not two. So therefore, delusion and clarity, sentient beings and Buddhas, are not separate. Shoto bowing. Yes. Reflecting on Sokoen's example of the rebellion against the schedule. And I think you recommended to see that it's unreal. If we see that the bully is unreal, in her example, we still <clears throat> not stick to the schedule. Paraphrase your question. Give me uh, give me the same inquiry using different words. You know what I mean. seeing how we give ourselves a hard time seeing how that's unreal make that function differently yes so if we're in the midst of that rebellious situation do we have to some resistance to the bully? A little bit. 
enough so that it shows up, enough, enough so there's some kind of vibration or some kind of contrast there. That's, that's why it's called the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. You need a little bit of resistance to be able to see that, but not so much that you go to war and not so little that you go to peace. Take no position. Don't take your eyes off from it. If you take a position, this is the very nature of duality, is to grasp at this and reject that. And, but, but at the same time, we, uh, me, I, you, us, as people, can't go in and just artificially balance everything. Because then you've got the artificiality. You've got somebody balancing things. It's like when one person thinks they know everything and try to control other people. And I'm not saying that doesn't work uh, in some kinds of ways. Of course, it's going to have relative results for a while. Good question. Go ahead. Go ahead. This, this seems to be an area I either have difficulty with or um, just like so when I, I can't do that or I rebel against forms I even set up for myself. I noticed that. I tend to idealize um, that I shouldn't have to do anything and no, I get I sucked that. into a, like, why would I do that? mentality like well why not just continue doing that so yeah go ahead why not just <laughs> my friend you're sewing a robe uh, if, if if you don't want to sew a robe stop put it on a shelf come back to it in a few years you know what i'm saying and as long as i'm alive i'm gonna hold you to that you become a monk and i'm gonna hold you to that i'm not gonna order you around tell you what to do but I will remind you of what you're doing. So, as I say, don't do anything else you have to, and certainly don't sew a robe to become a monk. And if you become a monk, then you don't need an explanation for it, for anything, because everything is about serving others. Be with all things. Save all beings. Put everyone before yourself. Anytime the phone rings, it's all about them. I don't care who it is. Every time that someone knocks at the door, it's all about them. That doesn't mean you have to let them in and rob you. But strong attention on that individual or that person that's showing up, whether they're a stranger or whether they're, they're your mate or your Dharma brother or sister or your uh, a neighborhood uh, pet. All, all the attention goes there. And, and it is attention that receives. And then if it's really, really receiving and it's not bumping into some kind of a, a interior bully, that sees an opportunity to get its way or take advantage of something. Now's my time. Don't do it. Just receive. And the receiving tends to feel, because we've not really seen clearly who this is from the point of view of our narcissism, it can be embarrassing. It's been extremely embarrassing for me. So questions about that are good if you have them. I mean, I can go further into it, but it's easier for me and it might make more sense if I'm doing it in response to a question rather than just me uh, talking about stuff. When you're bowing. When you're, go ahead. Oh, when when you has a question, go well, ahead. That's for Terry. Uh, I mean, it's from Terry to Perry. Okay, from Terry. Mm -hmm. He asks, how do you relate to other people's expectations 
and sharing their disappointment with you that you are not meeting those expectations. The question is primarily relating to close family. Bowing. Yeah, just be polite to them. No explanations. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there might not be some places, but don't explain unless you're really in a corner, so to speak. The most important thing to do with a family or a relationship is be as polite as possible if you can. And if you can't, then blow your stack. You know what I'm saying. I'm saying do the best you can. And I'm not really saying blow your stack, but you might have to express yourself a little bit in a situation. If someone's putting pressure on you, you don't have to go the other way and be this, this uh, totally controlled, never respond, never have any emotions, that kind of baloney. But do it, be reasonable about it. So you could start out with just receive. Receive the complaint of your family member. Listen to them. Uh, use your whole body. Use your whole body. You, you, you know how when you go to the wall and meditate, you're using your body. When you talk to somebody, be aware of your body. When I'm going like this, I know my hands are moving. I think one time... A few years ago, I gave a whole talk without even moving, without moving my hands at all, which wasn't really easy to do. But if you if you know what you're doing, then you can you have some say so about it. It's not control. And I, I think I asked at the end. Uh, so what was different about that talk? No one, no one uh, got that. Although I, uh, after I said, well, I didn't, I didn't move my hands, and then I think it was, um, I think it was Michael Stoltz said, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. After I, after I told him, <laughs> Michael said, yeah, I saw that. And perhaps he did. So I would say, uh, in terms of your family, uh, you know, sometimes uh, some of our relatives are pretty uh, confused, to put it mildly. And I would just say meet them, meet them in that without getting sucked into it. Meet them at the edge of the confusion. Listen. Realize that they want to be happy, too. And since, the, since there's confusion, they might have a... Uh, aggressive or confused way of trying to get that happiness. That doesn't mean agree with them. That doesn't mean, uh, um, yeah, it doesn't mean put yourself in danger particularly. Just because somebody uh, wants a hug from you and you have a mask on and don't want to hug them, you should say, no, I'm not going to hug you. And no explanation. A lot of times that's where we get trapped is because we're not willing to just say what we, how we see it. We think we have to give somebody an explanation so it'll be easier on them. Less explaining is probably a good idea. Are there a few, few, are there a few more humans that have questions? Katie has one. Katie, are you a human? <laughs> Go ahead. She asks, how do I process unintentional failure on my part and figure out how to work with those I've disappointed and the pain of my situation? Uh, that's that's quite a labyrinth there. I, I don't know because uh, there's too many variables there. Again, uh, you know, if you, if you have a job and you've made some errors or something like that, I would just... Uh, particularly explain too much. I'm not sure how, how that would... People people make mistakes, you know, as you, we all hear all the time. We're always saying that. People make mistakes. 
I don't know. It's a difficult time, uh, you know, with this the COVID nineteen, all that, and all the crazy stuff in our society and so on. I think it's good that we have something this technology where we can stay in touch. Otherwise, uh, it'd be pretty remote. Further questions? Again, Katie, I'm not sure what what to say about it. I, I don't know the specifics of it, so I don't know. Less is better. Kevin, 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 go ahead. If our vow is to save all beings, but we don't know what to do, how, how do we do that? Just don't, don't. Less is better. You know, work with work with your own uh, mind, your own body mind complex first. It's so easy, as we've talked about a little bit before, it's so easy to get sucked into some kind of a movement. It's not that the movement is wrong. It's dependently arisen. The whole, all the things that are happening right now are, are not individual people doing things. I mean, it's to some extent that shows, but it's also causes and conditions. Uh, there are no separate beings anywhere. It just looks like it. And people want company. So if they're going to do something... That's why I often say to people, don't recommend that anybody meditates. I mean, unless they come and say, I hear you meditate. Yeah. Does that help you? Say, it seems to. Or say whatever you want. Say, I'm not sure yet. How long have you been meditating? 20 years. You're still not sure? No, I'm still working on it. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of ways of doing this, uh, even being a little silly about it. But allow other people to come to you and, and talk to you about anything rather than give anybody any particular advice. It's, it's just giving somebody advice on based on our own confusion uh, may be workable and may not be. So meeting people where they are, the save all beings. Uh, the way I say this, I could say I could say save all beings, put others before yourself. You know, relate to everybody when they come to you. Meet them where they're at. Meet them in their confusion, and that's unless you're unless you have some clarity about your own self-centeredness, your own confusion, your own narcissism, your own embarrassment, your own, your own, your own. It's going to be difficult to see someone else and see the difference between your projections onto them and what they actually are dealing with in and of themselves, because they're also encouraging your projection. You all know what I'm talking about. Any relationship, and I've had a few, been in a few, and I'm still in a lot of relationships, are, are very much mutual. If you separate yourself out as a person who knows more, not going to be helpful. You have to actually be the person you're talking to. And it's not schizophrenia. It's not psychosis. What it is, what is it? It's not separate. And you can do this. You can see this. If you have an agenda, you're in trouble, including the agenda to save all beings. Uh, saving all beings is more of an attitude rather than some kind of agenda. You have the attitude of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive what this person says as best I can without adding on to it, interpreting it or changing colors or shape or changing gears. I'm just going to receive that. Quite often people just want to be heard. More about that, Kevin? Uh, no, thank you, Bowing. Thank you. Katie has a follow-up question. Go ahead, Katie. She says, how do I move on with the failure while remaining with the same people, 
I fear they are waiting for me to fail again, and I don't want to let them down. Stop talking to yourself about it. For one thing, stop interpreting and going over, mulling that over in your mind. I can tell by the way the question shows up is you're mulling that over, whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's not the right word. And spend, spend some time uh, uh, on the cushion. Look at the wall. Sometime wall gazing. Sit down, hold still. Just observe. If it's difficult for you to do that, close your eyes for a while. If it's still difficult for you to do that, then follow your breath. But if you don't have to close your eyes or follow your breath, then open them back up again. And you could even do that for the first 20 minutes and then open, open everything up the last 40 minutes or whatever it may be. That's just a way of slowing things down and um, softening things up a little bit. She says, ruminating is the word. Yes, she does that. Yeah, stop it. When I say stop it, uh, and you might not be able to stop that, but you can notice that your mind keeps going into that rumination situation. So when I say stop, you might not be able to stop, but the awareness that you're ruminating will at least take some of the energy out of it, some of the fuel out of it, and that won't always show up as your go-to solution for everything. Thinking and thinking and thinking, churning around and churning around. It's the very nature of the bully mind, the bullying, self-centered, seventh consciousness that thinks it needs this and doesn't need that and wants this. We're, we're, we're all, we all have to deal with that. We're full of ourselves in that way. And if you think you're not, perhaps you're not. You can think whatever you want. Kevin Bowing, yes. as a telling yourself sort of to shut the fuck up onto something else instead of like going into the texture of the rumination and and all of that. Bowing, I think I didn't get all of the question, but I think I got enough. Uh, I, I would just say, I would just say that that would be kind of up to you uh, if you if you. If you if you're a, uh, been a meditator for a long time, then you already know about that textural situation where you can go into the texture without getting trapped by the the jungle that it, that, it, that it represents. Because if you if you so uh, a little bit of distancing from that could could be workable, and that could show up in lots of different ways. One of the ways is uh, sit less. Believe it or not, if you're if you're sitting a lot, then sit less. Another way would be. Uh, uh, break your sitting up into more sections. So you're doing maybe setting several sessions a day instead of one big one. And and then sometimes it's going the other direction. So that would be uh, your uh, particular situation. The idea is to is to cut into the revolution of that energy of going into it. And, and this is what rumination or dwelling on things or continually thinking and thinking and trying to figure like just the very statement I think uh, that Katie made uh, in the first question, with, I got to figure this out. Just stop figuring. Figuring things out is very circular. It, what it does is it appeases the, the, the bully mind, the self-centered mind, because at least we're doing something about it. Well, I might, I might be a failure, but at least I'm thinking about it and I'm doing things and I'm thinking about it. And I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I'm beginning to figure this out. 
the figuring part is circular and is just a, it's just a, a palliative. It doesn't do it. Doesn't solve anything. It just continues to it's a setup because it's ignorance. It's stylized ignorance that sets you up for the next time you become aggressive or you become uh, grasping or clinging or fixated. So this is why the awareness is so important to just observe what moves. Further questions? Anybody that hasn't asked a question, it would be really good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Maria. Is judging someone as a bully the projection of my own bully? Maybe to some extent. You, you might add some uh, spice to it, but they you also might just be that you're just seeing that they're they're bullying people, or they're they're a bully. But to to see deeply into it, you would probably see at the same time that they're doing that. If you look behind that, they're doing that because they're so terrified. There's no there's never been a bully. Well, of course, I haven't checked in with every bully that existed, but my understanding of it is uh, bullies are afraid, and so they. They bluster and they bully and they push and they shove uh, in order so they, they don't have to look at their own uh, their own terror, their own existential dread th th about just being alive and being a living being. It shows up so many different ways. A lot of people, uh, as you know, we all know by looking at it, a lot of people who go into the military are just terrified. So they go into something. I know that's why I did it. I went in the Marine Corps at 18 because I was just afraid of life. I was afraid to, I was afraid. So I thought, well, I'll, I need some kind of structure. So rather than rob a bank and end up in, the, in prison, which I probably could have done that also, but instead I went in a place and, and I, I knew as soon as I got in there, it was a big mistake. It was terrible, terrible way to, to be fearless, <laughs> to put on a uniform and march and be beat up by drill instructors. Not fun. So on the other hand, form is a really good container to help us, but we need to do it in a way that, that is respectful, uh, respects people's confusion, respects their awakening. And uh, I do the best I can to uh, make sure that I'm not um, stepping into anyone's karma. If you have the karma that where you need to go another direction, I'm not going to stop you. You need to do whatever you need to do. But if you come this way, uh, I, I I can't help but help you. So it's, it's called a vow. And that vow is just not something you say. And just like these forms, even though they seem very, uh, yeah, we're just doing forms. And they're not just forms. They're empty, which makes them even more powerful. There isn't anything the forms don't contain. Yes. Uh, Josh Brown has a question. Okay. He asks, what is the balance between service of people dependent on us versus training our mind, which seems contrasting at times? Well, it would be. It's a, a person who is a, who is not able to go into or be in a society where, where monks are supported or people, uh, um, sciences or people who are searchers or trying to find deep spiritual understanding, however we want to say it. Uh, society, our society doesn't really support that. 
that, that I've seen anyway. And so uh, even though in ancient India that was supported, and I think to some extent even now, so that one can take that direction in some areas. But I would say it's up to you how you're going to do that. This is why we, we have a situation where uh, we people have people that live at the monastery still have jobs. Um, um, Ch uh, Chazan and uh, Senshu are there and have a baby. So trying to make it that kind of a situation rather than rather than uh, the monastery where there's a nunnery here and a monastery here. Everything is separate and everything is isolated and so on. Try to make it inclusive so that it fits in with the particular society that we are in. And in, in, uh, what was his name? Brown? Josh Brown. Josh Brown. So in your situation, I would say it would just be a matter of looking at the dynamic and finding a way to do a little of each and balance it out. You can do that. Everyone here is in some kind of a family situation. Go ahead, please. Don Valley. Um, I was raised in a family where expressing emotions of any kind was met with shaming and taught as a character defect. So <laughs> how do I examine beliefs or um, that are so ingrained? I think you're probably already doing it. I'm not trying to one-up you, but I was raised in a situation where if I expressed my feelings, I got knocked on my ass. So I, I so I, I was, I don't know if you were treated that way, but that was very difficult. And, but just keep going. Just keep going. You're here. You've stumbled into the Dharma. You're practicing. Just never give up. Keep going. And expressing emotions is, uh, you know, it can be difficult. Further question about it's there if you if you have it. I'm not going to yeah, answer yeah. a question you haven't asked. Go ahead. So I I find that I uh, I become my I'm, I'm the bully that I'm hearing in my head, and I'm also yeah. an internal bully when I see other people expressing emotions as well. I'm aware of it, but I can't seem to stop. Okay, gotcha. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You don't have to stop it. If you try to stop it. This is war. You have to be aware of that, and you have to be aware of it deeply, so that you can see that that that's a, that is a about fear, a fear of being helpless, fear of being swamped by something, fear of being embarrassed. So we just start the the, the aggression starts coming up, and we just go into it with aggression, and we will even might even talk to ourselves about how it's justified to bully or go after that person or reprimand them. <clears throat> and not everybody's going to have something like that. So maybe some of you are listening to this might think, of, what's that about? I don't even understand it. Or maybe you do. It's hard to say. But it's about the way Trump would, Trump would talk about, about making friends with yourself. It's difficult. You know, I had, uh, I had a <laughs> terrible upbringing from that point of view. It was really difficult. Until until I started uh, until I met my teacher and started practicing. So just do it anyway. Just continue to do it. You're, I can tell by the way you describe it that you're already way into it with your awareness. So I'm not saying you're not feeling the negativity of it and the difficulty or the abrasiveness of that, 
but you're you're into it far enough that it's it's not going to get the best of you. Just keep going. You'll be fine. You may not improve from the relative point of view, but you will improve from the ultimate point point of view, which you will see that there is no one there in the first place. That's really the only way to deal with any of this stuff. It's not about going to war or conquering anything. Sometimes the Buddha is referred to as the, the world conqueror, the victorious one. And that's because his victory was not about war. It was about seeing the truth. Um, what to follow up? Yes, sir. Bowing. So, yes. Um, so I find myself saying, there I go again. And then I know that that's not helpful, but um, how do I examine that without being critical bowing? Okay, good. So this is a, a suggestion, and you could either take this literally or you get the idea of what I'm saying when I do this. When you hear yourself say, there I go again, there I go again, just uh, shave that down to just there. Just there. Not there I go again. But no, no, just that, just that. Just that, just, just that, just perception. Uh, you might have to use a word, but you don't have to use that whole sentence. There I go again, which that includes the imaginary I uh, that thinks there is someone that needs uh, fixing or saving or success or avoiding failure or whatever. It's just that. You can do it. It seems to take persistence and dedication. Can you hear our frogs out here poking? It's a really big one out there. Here's a question. Speak up, please. Oh, this is um, Eric in Idaho. Eric in Idaho. Yes. Uh, let me see. Is he on here somewhere? Um, he's on YouTube. I got to. Okay. He's coming in through. Oh, here we go. Okay. He asks if I hurt someone badly years ago out of my own confusion and never apologized and have not talked to that person since then. Would you recommend apologizing now? No, I would not. If you, you know, I would not, I would not, because then it's all about you, not really about them. You have no idea what they're, what's happening with them, what they're going through. Uh, perhaps the, they just didn't forget about that. Look at your intention for doing it. Quite often, an apology is you want forgiveness. And forgiveness is extremely, extreme self-centeredness. You don't need forgiveness. You need to realize who you are and what this is. That's how I would say, how I would talk about it. This doesn't mean that if you, if this happened yesterday and you said you were going to do something to help somebody and you let them down, you shouldn't come back and say, oh, I'm sorry about that. I slipped my mind or, or I had something else I had to do and, you know, whatever excuses you want to come up with. If it's right, but going back years, not a good idea. But this doesn't mean that you should ignore your sadness or your remorse if that's coming up about that. That was not so good. And that way, you're you're actually the the 
that way you're responding to what you did uh, or what you didn't do or how you let somebody down or mistreated them. Then, then you're working with that. That person is not separate from you. And again, it doesn't mean that there's a situation where you would go and say, sorry, I did that. Won't happen again if I can help it. Um, I mean, if it's in current time and place, but going back years and years, <clears throat> probably not a good idea. I'm not saying I wouldn't rule it out you know, completely, but I would be very careful about going back more than more than a few weeks, even to something. That those that those people back there do not exist. We maintain those through things like guilt. We maintain things like that through success and failure and right and wrong and so on. But there's no solid self in the skandhas. There's no solid self anywhere. It's always a, a discontinuous, discontinuous. And we keep it together by looking at ourselves in the mirror. Maria Bowing. Yes. Working with the sadness related to some past event would be observing the sadness and feeling it. Probably. As long as you're not elaborating on it, you're not particularly blaming. But if you are blaming, then you may have to include that for a while. So when I say include, I'm saying if something's showing up, don't exclude it and don't necessarily include it. But if it seems like uh, some situations, you need to have the attitude of including it because it wants to get away, it wants to disappear, you, you're tempted to ignore that. So sometimes the including uh, may need to be the attitude you have. And if, if one is training their mind, if you're working with the teachings, the conceptual aspect of the teachings, <clears throat> and you're also have the situation of the community or the sangha, of a teaching person, and you have a... a wall sit down hold still and watch then training yourselves which you do all the time you're you're you're, you're always even though you live in in toronto you're a long ways away i see you every day you're on here every day so and i assume you're also practicing training your mind every day and i would say just keep doing that keep keep uh, asking questions keep discussing the, the dharma it's it's the best we can do uh, if i if, if i were to able to able to wave a magic wand, uh, I would have everybody move into a monastery and we'll practice from the monastery from now on. Just because that strong container is so helpful. I think we can probably close. Okay. Dedicate the merit for the temple. We'll dedicate the merit uh, in the temple. Yes, in the temple, please. We actually have a temple. It's right there. May the merit of this penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the divine's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all the does, all venerable ones, who 
bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, the great prajna, paramita. Bodhisattvas of the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect us over Goji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors, give up everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering. Good evening, everyone. Have a pleasant evening. See you again soon.